Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ken and I will get back to our handicap of Week 18 in the NFL coming up 20 minutes from now. We'll talk the Lions and the Vikings, the two games in the mm-hmm. NFC East. I can't wait to talk about the Packers and the Bears also and Lambeau Field. Win and in game for Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers. Power Hour, final hour, 40 minutes from now, featuring all our bets for tonight, and we'll get golf bets for the weekend from our pal, Jason Sobel. But our other pal is Drew Dinsick, the whale capper, and he joins us now to talk Week 18 in the National Football League. You can watch Drew, uh, betting analyst for our friends at NBC Sports, and you can listen to him on the Deep Dive podcast with co-host Andy Molitor, both friends of the show. So check out the Deep Dive and check out Drew on NBC Sports and follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. Happy New Year. Happy Week 18 in the NFL to you and yours. How's it going? It's going tremendously well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to listeners. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is, it was a weird, it was a weird week of the NFL, the weird last two weeks. Um, these games falling on major holidays and then like the week in between being such a uh you know kind of fluid time of travel and uh like trying to understand you know just basically being out of routine made it uh, very tough to kind of wrap your head around the results we had the last two weeks and the fact that we're at the end of the season and we have a million moving parts in terms of available quarterbacks and uh you know team motivations uh, it's going to make for an interesting week 18 albeit uh most of the years that I have been betting sports, this is one of my lowest volume weeks of the year because there's usually some absolute chaos and you're going to have to make assumptions about teams and motivations and stuff like that is just not very, those aren't strong angles. Those aren't strong edges uh, and <clears throat> weird stuff happens. But I will say that uh, most of the uh, uh, final weeks of the regular season of the NFL have less at stake than this year does. Uh, so there maybe is a little bit more, there are more moving parts this year than there normally are, which I think makes, uh, uh, this week's games, uh, more fun to handicap. Yeah. And, and to Will's point, like more teams are alive for a playoff spot sometimes than, than we get like at the end of the season. The last, so you at least get like one game, one team in, in the, in the game that is like trying is always the wrong word, but like has some motivation to make the playoffs or do something, uh, in the postseason. So you mentioned it's low volume for you. Does that mean whale that like. Are you kind of restricting your handicapping to just the like kind of all in games, Bills, Dolphins, Texans, Colts, like the games where you feel like they behave like normal football games? Or or do you tend to veer into the other stuff? Sometimes you just don't get you get it right as often as you get it wrong. Like, is there is there a bet or a game 
that you feel really confident in right now? You're kind of giving me the low volume thing, so I don't know how the betting conversation is going to go. Oh. What is something you <laughs> oh, feel yeah. pretty confident? In? Yeah, what's something yeah? No, I, I I guess volume is can be two things, right? Like I'm not playing the same stakes that I was playing middle of the season right now. Like it's uh, I'm I'm staked down uh, in general. Uh, for lots of reasons, but uh, just in general, like it, it's uh, it's not as in, not a, I'm not as um, interested in getting uh, limit bets midweek down on sides, um, and you can put find other interesting ways to be entertained, like attacking prop markets and finding uh, you know kind of particularly like outlier one off handicap capping type of spots, uh, which is to say like. The rate, you know, the the games that really stand out to me, at least, and I'm sure you have a couple too. But um, you know, Steelers, Ravens, Ravens are in a unique spot where they can't. They have so many players that they need to rest for injury purposes that they're going to have to have a lot of their guys active, right? But they cannot imagine that they're going to put them in harm's way. So you may have a situation where it's like you're going to have to put line, lines for some of these player props, for some of these offensive players up. Um, and they may start, they may play a couple series and then ultimately rest. Um, but, uh, it's going to make it chaotic for, you know, kind of some of the secondary markets, some of the derivative markets, uh, Debo Samuel came in, coming out today, talking about how the starters for the, you know, Niners are going to play a quarter, right. That makes like how you look at that, uh, you know, kind of full game side and total interesting because you can attack that now with an in-game wager once the starters come out, right? Like, so there's, there, it's more unique and interesting uh, kind of day of betting on Sunday than I usually have because, you know, if we're go back to like the week 13, Sunday morning, like I very rarely getting down anything. Like all of my work is done. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on where the late steam is and just trying to understand why. Um, but uh, not this week because a lot of the markets that are going to be the highest EV aren't going to open until Saturday and Sunday. With all of that said, do you have to pick a favorite side or favorite total for this week? What would it be? <clears throat> Let's talk about the one where we have the most information and it is very, very meaningful. And that is the, uh, the first playoff game of the year, guys. Uh, it is the Texans Colts game. Uh, winner is in. Um, that is very cool. Um, I think that it the market cool. bouncing around pick them. This, you know, that market market's been there's been some two way, Nick. We got we got some two way action on the side uh, here. As, uh, yeah, and it was uh, it was funny because it was kind of timed with uh, first the Colts releasing their injury report and then the Texans releasing their injury report. And uh, my takeaways from both injury reports were were pretty straightforward, which is you have a one dimensional Colts team that wants to try to get it done on the ground up into the teeth of the Texans defense. That's bad. Uh, you have a one dimensional Texans team that wants to get it done through the air going at the Colts with only Nico Collins. Like that's bad. Like this is a kind of an interesting situation where I think both uh, offenses are going to be relatively, uh, e you know, relatively handicapped. Um, and I think your defenses can be pretty, uh, you know, impactful here. I don't think the Colts can be a bet because realistically you're saying I'm putting my, my money in the hands of Gardner Minshew. Like Gardner Minshew is the deciding factor here for the Colts going to the playoffs and winning this game. That's not a good feeling. That's not a good sign. That's not something I want any part of. So uh, I'm out on the Colts, but uh, I think under 47 and a half is not correct. I think uh, the off cluster injury for the offensive line for the Colts is a problem. I think the fact that you really only have, uh, you know, kind of alternative passing weapons and downs and Pierce uh, who can, you know, potentially create advantages in the passing game uh, and uh, Gardner Minshew trying to kind of avoid the key turnovers is, is sketchy. 
Uh, and I think the Texans in general with only Nico Collins to throw to is, is a, a bit of a problem. I know Dalton Schultz is going to be out there, but their running attack is weak. Uh, and Dalton Schultz has never really vibed uh, as much as the uh, young wide receivers have with CJ Stroud. So um, Texans also on the road have not been as good this year. Those splits are pretty clear. So uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to think this is going to be a lower scoring uh, game. And the fact that there is so much at stake and that it has more of a playoff vibe uh, makes me that much you know more excited to have a number on the uh, north of 47. So maybe lower scoring under. It's so funny because it's like Shane Steichen over is be like, well, what if it's a playoff game? Like, does it play out the same way? Which is kind of like an interesting <laughs> sure. angle for, you know, difference between regular season and postseason or, or regular season and postseason feeling kind of games, even though it's uh, even though it's week 18. I, well, you mentioned it was like a funny couple of weeks in terms of some of the results that we got. One thing that became like abundantly clear is the Ravens are now being priced like absolutely the team to beat in the AFC. They get the one seed. The Niners had already kind of been priced like they were the most likely team to win the NFC. But you're talking about, you know, I, I play around with like go to each, you know, each sports book and try to do like AFC, NFC winner. Can I create like a parlay two team price that's more than what the market is offering? Like, can I play into these things that way? Ravens, Niners everywhere is like 320. 315 like three to one just like low prices for those two teams to meet in the super bowl uh is there a team out there in either conference that you think can disrupt and prevent a ravens niners super bowl from happening yeah i think there's several in both conferences <laughs> those prices in are both? crazy to me who's, who's crazy, in the yeah. nfc that's disrupting who's in the nfc that's <clears throat> disrupting things Rams, Cowboys, uh, Eagles. Uh, you have three. You have three uh, teams there with coaches and quarterbacks with experience. Like that matters. Like Brock Purdy's only played. Like, he had uh, two two and a quarter uh, playoff games under his belt. Uh, and yes, the home field advantage and the extra rest and, and all that matters. But the defensive injuries for this Niners squad all of a sudden are non-trivial. Like Ambry Thomas was hugely important for them in terms of getting their secondary pieces in the right places. And, and he's having hand surgery now. I know he's probably going to play through that or maybe be available later in the playoffs. But um, that still is a huge red flag for me. And, and in general, this Niners defense to me looks pretty clearly overrated. So I I, I would definitely say that the Niners are, are beatable. And honestly, the way Brock Purdy played on christmas day um like i i i I support brock purdy i want him to ultimately turn into kind of a perennially good quarterback and kind of elevate these niners uh, you know through the portion of his his rookie contract where they are competing at this level every year um but if there's a game at home and he makes a mistake early and it's agree it's egregious the idea that he's not going to have some kind of mental, you know, kind of ghosts about, oh man, this is another four pick game. Am I going to, am I going to be the reason that we lose and, you know, and, and, and fall out of the playoffs? Like, like that is very, very much a, uh, a reality that wasn't, you know, possible in the distribution a couple of weeks ago, but you know, in super high leverage game with everyone watching, he played his worst game as a pro. And now he's going to have to get over that mentally. And and I don't know that he does that without kind of making a, a deep run here. So uh, Niners look vulnerable to me and, and what's funny is people forget also Shanahan, amazing schemer, amazing, uh, you know, offensive genius in every aspect of you could possibly declare. It would be my first choice if I was hiring a coach with all of the options available. Uh, he is not an in-game, you know, uh, navigator of uh, decision-making to the tune of some of these other guys like Sirianni is. And so, you know, I think you can definitely, you know, convince me that at least to take the points with the dog against the uh, Niners in the divisional round, 
uh, is going to be tough just because they're going to have the extra rest. But in the NFC Championship game, if they're laying outside of a field goal against the Cowboys, uh, you know, against the Eagles, against the Rams, uh, I would definitely give that serious consideration. I don't have any strong opinion on the Lions one way or the other. Uh, that defense looks still pretty suspect to me. Uh, and I think they could be, uh, you know, drawing dead to the degree that they're matchup dependent in round one. Um, the Packers, I also think, are probably too young and just get their feet wet this this year. Uh, and the NFC South winners is probably drawing dead in the 4-5. But uh, it is still uh, a lot more competitive in the NFC than the market expects. And uh, I guess I'm I'm against Niners. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Tuesday talking the National Football League with our pal, the Whale Capper, Drew Dinsick, on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Uh, Whale, you mentioned um, AFC. You felt like there could be several teams that would disrupt the Baltimore Ravens also. Uh, you gave us a great breakdown there of the NFC. Uh, what about the AFC? Like, is it Kansas City on that list? Is it, like, is it just Buffalo? What about AFC teams that you think could potentially take down the Ravens? Flacco. Yeah, I guess uh, Flacco, sure. I mean, same. it's it's almost the same, same story, right? Like... Lamar Jackson is going to only have more playoff wins than whoever makes it between Stroud and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> like every other quarterback in the mix has had more success than Lamar Jackson has had at the playoff level. Um, that matters. Uh, that, now I will say that I have I would have a little higher confidence in the Ravens just because they are this year's late blooming offense, and why that matters is there is less of a book on how exactly you want to defend them in their current form, right? If you pull out a game plan that's based on seeing some defenses succeed against them between weeks one and week eight, it's it's not going to be effective. Uh, and honestly, there's not a lot of defenses in the AF, you know, AFC playoff picture that I think are kind of a perfect fit to stop the running and passing that Lamar is bringing to the table right now. So the Ravens offense has kind of gotten to the level they needed to be to be the true uh, you know, top value in the AFC as far as I could tell you, but um, same story goes where we've seen Lamar Jackson in situation situations, two of them where he should have, you know, he very, very clearly could have pulled out uh, playoff wins and made it much, much tougher than he had to. One of those, he uh, won on the road against the Titans, thanks to terrible decision-making by uh, Mike Vrabel in that game. And the other one he lost because he threw a pick in the end zone to Micah Hyde that went for, you know, six the other way against the Buffalo Bills when the Ravens were out playing the Bills to that point in the game, in my opinion. And so it's, it, there's still certainly in my, you know, some and, scope uh, for And uh, can I just, Jackson can I just interrupt to, to say, can we, uh, can sure. we just, can we, can we pour one out, please? The Ravens teasers in that Saturday night game oh, in Buffalo. And I only and, and Justin Tucker missed two field goals also. And yep. I only know yes. this because it's permanently imprinted on my cortex. I think it was Teron Johnson, not Micah Hyde, that had the yes. pick six. Just the oh, Teron Johnson. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. 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 Or poor maybe we're really yeah. scarred here. Yeah. Yeah, whatever the case was, that one hurt. It hurt me personally, financially badly, yeah. uh, and uh, and I kind of came out of, I kind of came out of that game like like I I, I love Lamar. I want I hope he, hope he makes the the leap to Super Bowl winning quarterback. This could very well be the year. This should be the year. Everybody else is so weak right now. They should this should be the year, uh, but until they do it, I'm still going to have those lingering doubts. And you know, I, I I hope the Ravens are the right. I hope the Ravens get it this year.
the, the, they they kind of they kind of better because the Chiefs will be better <laughs> next year. The, the, the Bills don't. will be better next year. Yeah, the the you know the Browns will be better next year. But you know, realistically, those are your final four, in my opinion, in the a, in the AFC. Uh, I think whoever wins the South's getting bounced by the Browns, uh, and I think you're going to get a Bills Chiefs two three, uh, and I think you're going to get a Ravens Browns uh, one five in the division round. So, uh, so well telling you that everything's the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins on uh, on Sunday night. Well, ten seconds to go to the Packers cover on Sunday against the Bears in ten seconds. Ooh, I think I think they will. I think they will. I, I, the Packers' offense is uh, is enough of a problem through the air that I think they're going to be able to put a ton of pressure on that Bears team. The Bears' defense is good because they're amazing at stopping the run. Uh, I think uh, the game, you know, the the opponent-specific game plans that Matt Lafleur has put together has been uh, pretty darn impressive, and I think he's going to have the right recipe here to to cook the Bears uh, through the air. All right. Well, uh, Ken and I are going to talk about that game coming up a little later in today's show. Well, we appreciate it on Twitter at whale underscore capper NBC Sports. The Deep Dive Pod. Good luck with all the bets this weekend. Happy New Year. We'll catch up with you. And the next time we do, we'll be talking wild card weekend in the National Football League. All right. Best luck, guys. The great Drew Densick joining us here on You Better You Bet. Coming up next, we continue talking Week 18 in the NFL. We'll get to the two NFC East games, including can Dallas cover a huge number on the road at the Commanders?